0: Welcome to 6 Minute Stories, where you hear the writing of new voices and experienced writers whose submissions appear in the anthologies of the Personal Story Publishing Project. Now in Season 5, you will hear stories from our 6th collection, Curious Stuff. Find links to 6 Minute Stories and to the Personal Story Publishing Project at RandallJones.com. Everybody loves a good story. We hope you enjoy this one. 11.11 by J.P. McGillicuddy As a child reared in a Catholic household, I was indoctrinated to believe in supernatural beings and events. In my 40s, I thought I had become more pragmatic about human existence. Nevertheless, soon after the dawn of the millennium, I found myself on a mysterious journey into the paranormal. It began with frequently noticing 11.11 on digital clocks. I would see 1111 on my work computer's time display, my car's dashboard clock, my bedside alarm and in unexpected places such as a clock on a sign outside a bank as I drove by. Initially I surmised the frequent sightings were caused by 1111 being more memorable than other digital time combinations such as 456 or similar sequences still why would 1111 catch my eye more often than 222 333 or other same number displays and why did i look at clocks precisely at 1111 which appears for only 60 seconds every 12 hours i reasoned the sightings were self-perpetuating Maybe I kept seeing 11.11 p.m. on my nightstand's alarm clock because I usually go to bed at 11. Perhaps I spy 11.11 a.m. because my stomach senses lunchtime nearing. But such logic did not quench my curiosity. Instead, I veered sharply down a rabbit hole rife with omens. Stepping off the elevator at work one morning, I spotted a number painted in light gray atop each office's white door frame. Although I had worked in this location for five years, this was the first time I'd noticed these numbers. Squinting at the tiny digits, I discerned the first office was 1100. Despite my numerous musings about 1111, only at this moment did I make the connection between my sightings and working on the 11th floor. This realization shook me, then nearly certain that my unknown office number might be 1111, an icy cold shiver shot up my spine. I peered down the long hallway, my head nodding as I silently counted each office. I lost track around 1106, distracted by wondering what I would do if my office was indeed number 1111. My face was flush and my chest was pounding so hard it seemed to echo down the hall. I must have started walking because suddenly I was standing at office 1111. Phew! It was not mine, not even close. I raced on to find I was in 1123. But hey, two is one less than three, and three is one more than two, so maybe in a way, nagged that relentless voice of justification in my head. With beads of sweat bubbling on my brow, I took a deep breath and swiveled my head to see if anyone had noticed me gaping at the numbers while sprinting crazily through the office embarrassed at behaving like the main character in every Rod Serling's Twilight Zone episode I watched as a kid I vowed to stop fretting about 1111 I decided to live with it like hearing my house creaking when I'm home alone at the witching hour still I continued to see 1111 with repeated regularity but not wanting to appear loony I kept these continuing sightings to myself Eventually, in 2006, I had to fess up. My wife, Jenny, and I were standing with our two young children in the middle of the Sydney, Australia airport, ready for the long flight home to Charlotte, North Carolina. Jenny, who made the travel arrangements, had just handed me our boarding passes when I noticed we were booked on flight 1111. This hit me like a punch to the stomach. Pondering the expansive ocean we would fly over, I could not hide my anxieties. I confessed to Jenny the whole story, explaining the 11-11 sightings, working on the 11th floor, and how perhaps this moment is why I've been seeing 11-11 for years. Maybe we should change our flight, I suggested. Unlike Rod Serling, who offered only uncertainty and mystery, Jenny, offered a simple, clear-eyed answer. She told me she and the kids were getting on flight 1111. If I wanted to take a different flight, I was welcome to do so. Sanity. A healthy, necessary dose of spousal common sense. I got on that flight and we made it home without a hitch. Not even a delay. Afterward, I told a few co-workers about escaping my 1111 abyss, which generated some good-spirited razzing. Then on November 11, 2011 thats 11, 11, 11, my staff presented me a tinfoil hat, saying it deflected cosmic rays that produce 1111 sightings. After we enjoyed a good laugh, I kept the hat as a reminder of my folly. Soon, a staff member emailed me links to a bevy of beliefs connecting 1111 to supernatural beings communicating with us from another dimension. In today's world of online quackery and cults, this is not unusual. Back then, these theories were so ridiculous I finally stopped wasting time on seeing 1111. The tinfoil hat has also helped. Copyright 2022, J.P. McGillicuddy J.P. McGillicuddy lives in Charlotte, North Carolina. A former magazine editor, he has authored numerous published articles spanning sports, healthcare, and government. He also created and wrote The Mecklenburgers, an award-winning local television program. His poetry received a 2019 award from Charlotte Writers Club and was exhibited in Mooresville Arts Beyond Poems and Paintings in 2020. His essays The White Section, Opportunity Named Harry, and The Terror Inside appeared in previous anthologies of the Personal Story Publishing Project. He is a member of Charlotte Writers Club and North Carolina Poetry Society. Thank you for listening to another 6-Minute Story. You can read them all in the six anthologies of the Personal Story Publishing Project. Find the link to our online store at randaljones.com. That's r-a-n-d-e-l-l-jones.com. There you can learn about submitting your own story for consideration for our next personal story publishing project. And remember, everybody loves a good story.